Welcome to the Regenerate Podcast, exploring the regenerative movement in all aspects of life to revitalize, restore, and re-energize for a better world. I'm your host, Jenna. So stoked to have you here. Let's regenerate together. Welcome to the Regenerate Podcast. My name is Jenna, and today's episode includes meeting up with the entire Enrhythm team. Now, Enrhythm is a design and consulting firm that works with businesses, organizations, and other networks to implement a regenerative workplace. Now, the regenerative framework uses a living systems holistic approach to organizational design and management. Their tactic for change management and growth uses the foundations of nature and is now at the forefront for many organizations and businesses across the globe. So let's get into it. I'm super stoked and let's meet the Enrhythm team. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. My name is Jenna, and we are here with the N Rhythm team. Um, not every day you have a whole entire group stoked to talk about their workplace. So, really grateful to have you all here. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jenna. We're excited to be here. Yeah, Thanks, thank you for having us. No yes, problem. So, let's do a quick roundabout um, introduction to see who we have on the podcast today. Uh, Alex, let's start with you. All right. Well, yeah, thanks again, Jenna. Really excited to be here. Um, I'm on the InRhythm team, of course, and I do InRhythm's product and program development and implementation. Uh, originally from Montreal, but currently living in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And um, yeah, just really inspired by regeneration and taking this approach to how we design and manage our organizations and really came to it through the regenerative ag space. So excited to be here and dive in today. Awesome. Great to meet you, Alex. Uh, Jen, do you want to hop on next? Yeah, sure. Um, yes, glad to be here. My name is Jen Cates. Um, currently in Hot Springs, Arkansas, where I was born and raised. Married to Trey Cates, uh, who is next to me, just down below. And I, I am working uh, as a client engagement. Uh, my background's HR, but um, it's really great to be in the regenerative space to see how work can um, thrive for people who are in an environment that needs to change. And so I have, um, it's been really interesting to, to see how that's unfolded. So I'm happy to be here. Thanks for joining us, Jen. Uh, we'll go on to Trey next. I think that would make the most sense. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Jenna, for having us here. And uh, Trey Cates, uh, founder of InRhythm and really uh, excited about um, the opportunity to just be in service to organizations, individuals who are looking to shift. And, uh, and that's really been our work and excited to be a part of that work based in hot springs, but spent the last 25 years or so in Boulder, Colorado, raised two boys, uh, there that now are 25 and 23 and, uh, excited that, uh, they're, they're continuing to, to build their lives, but we're, we play a little bit between Colorado and, and Hot Springs, Arkansas uh, in, in what we do, so. Amazing, thanks for joining us, Trey. And finally, we have Jeff. Great, thank you so much, Jenna. I'm Jeff Sue. I'm the Managing Director here at InRhythm, um, based in Western Massachusetts in Amherst, Mass. I, 
actually just moved back here a year ago from the Front Range of Colorado uh, to, I grew up here, I moved back to be close to my aging parents. Um, and it's an amazing time to be here in New England again. The leaves are amazing and the colors are incredible. And uh, I'm coming to this work um, originally as an ecologist, uh, as an academic. Um, so uh, I sort of uh, caveat, I am a recovering academic, which means I'm, I'm also sort of chief nerd jacker on the team, which is if you haven't heard that term yet, that's the ability to hijack a conversation with minuscule facts that may or may not be relevant, but that doesn't really matter to the conversation, so. That's amazing. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. So you guys have a great team. I'm super excited to chat with you guys about what you guys are working on, what you're doing. Um, I definitely want to start with Trey. You're the visionary founder of Enrhythm. Um, would love to know a little bit about how you got started with Enrhythm and your regenerative journey. Yeah, thank you. You know, it's it's been a long journey. I, I, I'd say that, you know, coming in and out of uh, university, I really had this deep commitment to personal transformation. And and I took a path of trying to support people in a spiritual journey. That transitioned to me recognizing a real opportunity to want to spend a lot of time with people. And I became an entrepreneur and started businesses and, and saw that the organization was an opportunity to begin to help people shift uh, so that if you're going to spend eight to 10 hours a day at, a, at an organization, it, surely it could be meaningful or even transformational. And then I made the shift into uh, um, ecosystem and environmental work. And, and, and that really was probably one of my biggest shifts over the last uh, couple of decades, uh, recognizing and seeing social systems through an ecosystem lens and began to see the application in social systems while I began to pour myself into restoring and, re and regenerating soils and agricultural systems. And so it informed an enormous amount of the work that we do as an organization today and, uh, and began to put that in form. Uh, began to work on a framework, began to work on a process that allowed us to, to translate and operationalize this idea of regeneration that in an agricultural context is talking about regenerating soil to in a social organizational context becomes about regenerating the health and the potential of that social system. And, uh, and it's been incredible, to be honest. I couldn't be more excited about what's emerged through that process and and how meaningful the work we've all collectively done. And uh, Jeff came in to bring in to be a real partner, a thought partner in the process as it began to form. And uh, so that as, as the framework became real, as the work started to show up in real operational op opportunities and challenges, we spread the work uh, from working with a lot of regenerative agricultural or food companies to companies that are manufacturing companies and software companies and uh, nonprofits and governments. And, and so it's really now been um, a pleasure to see this expand to and really be embraced by organizations across multiple sectors and industries. And so, and yeah, and uh, everybody here, this team has been 
you know, I've, I've been blessed to be a part of the team and, and the work that everybody's doing here uh, for all of that. Wow. That is, uh, yeah, that is super amazing. And I know for me as well, coming from the regenerative agriculture space, really translating it into a more social, you know, organizational context is so innovative and interesting to me. Um, for you guys, and anyone can answer this next question, you know, what are the main concerns you're seeing in workplaces today um, around their management styles or, you know, their operations? I think people are stressed out. <laughs> That's what I think. And related is one of the biggest things that we see in organizations around the world is really disengagement. So we often talk about um, this organization called Gallup. They do a study of the workforce, especially in the US and disengagement rates are really at an all time high. And they did a kind of a, they've been doing it for I think 10 years. And this year in June with COVID and everything, they released another set of data really indicating that the majority of people aren't engaged at work. And so kind of, we often draw the parallel with regenerative agriculture systems. So um, many organizations, when we see that disengagement, it's kind of like bare soil to use that analogy. So there's all this potential that hasn't been realized in our organizations. And so that's definitely what we've identified as one of the biggest issues because imagine if you know 100% of people or even 90% of people in organizations were really engaged in what they were doing um, what we could do what we could achieve so are you finding that mostly organizations you know come to you with certain concerns around you know is it coming from a disengaged space or are they concerned about a specific operation um, the way they're doing things um, or are they coming to you more with you know these more social um, emotional type concerns. Yeah, I can I can jump in. Um, I think it's all of the above. Um, you know, I think for all the reasons for people being stressed out, for disengagement, for um, having specific operational needs, um, operational opportunities, growth and scaling to um, understanding you know, future strategies. We, I think um, many people come to our work from something not working. And a lot of the work we do initially with organizations is to, for them to recognize that something not working, you can approach that problem in many different ways, right? You can just try to fix something immediate, or you can really look at the whole, um, analysis of the situation in a more complex way as as a whole living system so um, i would say a lot of the initial reasons why someone often well people engage with us in different in different ways but in the way you've asked the question if someone's coming to us saying we're interested in a strategic plan or we're interested in a scaling model or interested in a business model or you know profits are down we need to change something we one of the first conversations we have is again, using the agriculture analogy, if you had a garden and your plants weren't growing or your crop wasn't growing, would you just change the crop, assuming that'll do better? Or would you look at what are the under, what's the underlying health of that soil? What's the underlying health of that system? What's the sunlight like? What's the water quality like? 
And so a lot of the first work we're doing is saying, let's think of your whole situation, your whole context, your whole organization as a living system. And let's take a look at the underlying health or the inherent health of that system. Then on top of that, in that context, help make some decisions around, okay, what needs, how do we approach that thing that is initially broken? Very, very interesting. So when I participated in one of your workshops, you spoke a lot about the mechanistic paradigm and kind of how that's really um, at the forefront of our society right now. And, and you know, with Enrhythm, you guys are really trying to merge into this more living systems-based model. Um, can you explain what exactly is this mechanistic um, paradigm that, that we're in and, and how you guys see that play out in organizations? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Jeff, please just add to this. I, I think part of the, uh, the, the emergence of this mechanistic paradigm has come from our success, to be honest. Uh, it is uh, really rose through kind of the enlightenment into the Renaissance and, and definitely in the industrialization of kind of a lot of our um, processes across most of our economies. But all of that has created in a tremendous amount of success uh, for technology improvements, medical improvements across the board. And it's because we could actually design things in a way that were predictable and we could repeat that and get the same or similar results. And so that kind of success said, well, we should be able to apply that to social systems or to any system and get the same results. And unfortunately, that doesn't work. And so what we're, we're saying, and, and we're really emphatic about it, there is a place for a mechanistic design, but it's for machines. It's not for living systems. And we need to use it when it's appropriate. But in a living system, which really is a complex system, where there are lots of different variables and inputs, that in that system, we really need to have a different kind of management. And that management needs to embrace the health of that system and what the potential is of that system. Because what we believe is when we do that, what's emergent is far better than what is currently because the, the benefit is in the future. And a machine has a one-to-one -one ratio. It's designed and built to do one thing and one thing well. But in a living system, the emergence can be transformational. It can have greater impact than anything we could imagine because one plus one doesn't just equal two in a living system. It actually is a multiplier. And so what can we do to design around that potential and help to create that kind of outcome? Wow, thank you, Trey. Thank you for, um, that was an amazing description. And I wanna dive deeper into the regenerative framework um, and your regenerative principles. As I know, you know, it took many, many years to design and there's lots of scientific um, background to it. Um, and many of us that are in the workspace, you know, we attend conferences, we're attending professional development seminars where we're constantly kind of told how to be more efficient, how to improve self-development. Um, but I'm very curious about kind of how your model came to be and how it plays out in your work. So maybe Jeff, did you want to speak to that? Yeah, I mean, I can speak to it from my experience and it's kind of a cool thing to hear from everyone's experience. So uh, again, I was very honored to 
be part of some early conversations uh, with Trey as he was developing this framework. And we uh, worked together already through Savory Institute, through the Savory Network. We worked together as colleagues and uh, there was already a, um, a lot of conversations we had around, you know, how do we, how do we take the approach and how do we achieve and invest in health and emergence in the way that we're doing in land to address some of these intractable repeated patterns that we're seeing in organizations. Um, uh, all of us have served in operating roles in organizations as, as executive directors, as founders, as, as staff members. Um, and so the framework arose itself out of some just great exploratory conversations and at least for for myself being able to see an initial structure i think i when i first um connected with it trey had already really laid out the um key sort of pillars of the framework and and opened it up to a lot of people including myself saying um you know what's what's missing here what, what how would you perceive it what needs to be added um, um and i think it continues to be that so the framework although it's in a state now where it is developed in the sense that we're applying it as a tool we're applying it with many frameworks we see it, it itself as an evolving and developing and living system and i think trey had that posture right from the start and of course at the beginning of something that emergence and that development is quicker um, there's a lot of ideas that came together and um, for me I was incredibly inspired and excited because I had been doing my own thinking around this. Um, I had been bringing lots of ideas or research, I've been sort of collecting a library of um, insights from living systems that we could see as, an, as a tool or a parallel into organizations and running organizations. Um, and when I first connected with the framework, it was just a, a whole bunch of aha moments of like, oh yeah, well this is how, you know, what you're, what Trey had initially described as, you know, the organizational context, um, we could understand that to be about this boundary of its own making from an autopoetic theory, from what Trey had originally thought through as ecosystem processes as being similar to um, the energy flow of an organization, the decision-making of an organization, the communication and the network structures. Um, I could plug in a lot of thought and some, some literature on thinking through those, what the health of an organization is and what, how we measure uh, ecosystem organizations or how we understand biodiversity, how we understand networks. So for me, it's, it continues to be an incredible source of energy giving for all of us. We, 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 we carve out time for our, of all of us to continue to explore this and say, what other thinking is out there? How do we keep landing this? What do we, what new ideas are there to connect with this? And, and we also recognize that we're not the only ones doing this, right? There are a lot of really exciting uh, thought leaders and other teams and other folks um, also in a really excited way to making their own connections and bringing together their own thoughts. And so we also love collaborating and continue to collaborate with everyone else who is doing this thinking. Amazing. Uh, anyone else from the team have anything else they'd want to add about the framework or the principles that you guys use? Um, I'll jump in. Um, I 
am completely just awed all the time with aha moments. And I really like the aspect of the framework you can use, not just in organizations, but you can use it personally. Um, so pretty much if you're making a decision about something or you're trying to plot your life path or your journey, that it's, it's a tool that you could use and it evolves as you continue down your own path. And um, so it, it's great, I think, in that way too. Yeah, I mean, just to add to that and, um, you know, back to kind of, I was really pondering your question around how mechanistic thinking shows up in our organizations. and. I think one place where we've really noticed that people begin to notice it first is in their language. So we all use terms all the time like, oh, can we move the needle on that? Or I don't have enough bandwidth for that. Or I'm hardwired to think this way. All the language that we use to describe ourselves, our organizations, we talk about economic engines, our economies, we talk about those as machines, so it's so embedded. And I think one of the first indicators is to begin just noticing your language, you know? And then, and then when you begin to kind of learn about regenerative principles and maybe, I know, you know, Jeff and Trey have been super instrumental in really grounding our work in science. Like as, as um, Jeff mentioned at the beginning of the call, he's kind of nerd zone. I don't know the nerd that he, the term that he used, but um, you know, it's really grounded in solid living system science. And so, when people begin learning about the principles, it then becomes, you know, learning about how those are showing up every day and how we design with those in mind. And that's really how we design with life in mind. And that is super inspiring to me. Um, and then the framework is amazing because it becomes, like Jen said, a decision making framework. And so, my, you know, my background was working in project and program management in networks and in nonprofits. And I just noticed a lot of movement fragmentation and that if we were going to resolve our ecological problems we first needed to resolve our people problems and how we work together and that was really like the central you know um lever to use a mechanistic term here i'm doing it <laughs> um to be able to create systems change and to regenerate our environment is really you know if we wanted to regenerate our environment we needed to regenerate our human systems so um yeah, that's just a, a thought on the question. Yeah, just one more thing, Jenna. I, I would say that, you know, part of the impetus for my desire to spend a lot of time in, in the development and the expansion of it came from doing um, agricultural work globally and finding this beautiful idea of regenerating soils was not expanding because of the inability for institutional support to limit the, the, the idea of what regeneration was. So the institutions that had all the power were not operating on the same paradigm as some of the agricultural systems that we were enhancing and improving. And when I realized that the real bottleneck was how these institutions and our policies are being formed, and until that changed, this idea of regeneration can't actually create the impact that we know it can create. And that really was for me the, the aha. I was like, that's, that's what this calling is about. It, it is about freeing up and, and seeing people as a way to bring potential and health uh, that 
frees up the flow of energy and opportunity uh, through all these systems, not just agricultural systems, the economic systems, the social and, and from, from equity and injustice to all that, it just frees it all up. Yeah, if I could add two, I think also in the emergence of this was an alignment from all of us to um, create tools and put, put regeneration to work. And so I think um, there's a lot of great, at the beginning of every movement, there's a lot of great thought and there's a lot of great theory. There's a lot of great research, especially being um, an ex-academic. I, you know, actually some of my personal stories, I left academia because it, I, I wanted to do more on the ground work and was lucky enough to uh, be in a position to then be able to lead organizations doing work on the ground in many different contexts, environmental contexts, sustainability, uh, social justice contexts. Um, and I think that remains a continued strong intention of Enrhythm and others. Uh, but we are most interested in how do we take ideas, how do we take what principles, take what we know to be true in living systems and really provide tools for complex organizations, complex networks, communities, um, teams of all types to, to really express uh, regeneration on the ground, create regenerative organizations um, and go beyond just the, the theory. I, I make fun of myself probably to remind myself to not just get stuck in theory, right? I, I, I do get energy from that, but I get even more energy and um, our collective purpose is much more about how do we actually transform systems um, um, that we're all part of. Wow, thank you for everyone for sharing that. And um, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, sometimes we look at the environmental movement and it's like this separate silo from, you know, the social movement, but it's all interconnected. And um, it's, it's great to see you guys kind of really trying to implement those systems in, you know, in workplaces that would otherwise never even look to soil, for example, as a, a solution. So um, from there, I'm very curious, just, you know, for some people looking for some tangible takeaways, you know, what are some concrete examples that you guys see um, after working with a team that would be described as regenerative? Well, one of the things that I think um, the way we begin to approach this as a living system is to begin to identify the current state or the conditions of that organization. Uh, so, for instance, when we think about it from an ecological or environmental perspective, if we were working on degraded landscapes, we'd come in and we'd understand, so what would it look like for us to increase uh, access to to more energy and and capture more water and, and mineral cycling and more life in the soil so all those things so when we think about it from an organizational standpoint we began to say what so what is the current state and and so that means we're deeply going into a process of asking questions across the entire organization every department uh, suppliers partners and 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 began to get a collective view of what is actually happening and and that begins for us to identify what we call is the regenerative capacity 
that needs to exist within an organization. And that capacity at times is in a degenerative state, or we say sometimes in a transactional one or a regenerative one. And depending upon the state an organization is in, the approach and design changes. So when we're in a degenerative state, we're going to design very differently than if we are operating uh, all our roles and operations in a functional regenerative state. And uh, so our approach is very much unique in that it's designed around the current organization, its context, and its state as a means to create um, a plan that allows for them to regenerate the health of that system so that they can begin to reveal the potential within that system. So practically that shows up in more engagement, as Alex said earlier, it shows up in uh, people, more creativity and more ideas because voices are heard and mattered. Uh, it starts to result in um, real differences in, in change between customers and partner relationships or the, the supply relationships that exist. So there becomes an immediate attraction and a connection that does then create a whole different level of potential. Uh, and, and we find practically one of the first ways that we can begin to regenerate is through open up the lines of communication. Too much siloing that happens in organizations and the communication structures that do exist don't allow for voices to be heard. Uh, a few people are making all the decisions and others are just implementing them. So what does it look like for us to, to make um, and to encourage and come alongside organizations to, to shift some of those um, um, particular uh, structures. One of the areas that InRhythm spends a lot of time with organizations is uh, designing and redesigning st organizational structures. And we do that in a way that first and foremost enables the health of the organization, but also allows the organization to do work. And so one of the structures we spend a lot of time with teams on is roles and responsibilities, because um, people are really the energy in organizations. And oftentimes in the kind of the more industrial organizations, um, roles and responsibilities become a way of commodifying people. And so people get locked into these roles and responsibilities based on their skill sets. And so we kind of flip that on its head and say, what if we design roles and responsibilities with the uniqueness and the genius of each individual in mind? And that is where we find a lot of potential is released. So we've had whole teams reorganize themselves. Um, someone who was, you know, giving 110% in one role uh, switched with someone else and then, you know, suddenly has all this capacity and energy to do what's in their new role. And so that's one way that we find unlocks all kinds of potential in teams is just reorganizing to allow the energy to flow more organically. Yeah, I think a, <clears throat> another way to think about it is, I would say it's probably true of every organization we've worked with that something emergent has arisen that was not part of the, first conversations we had or why we were brought in. Because we take a truly holistic approach, truly approach that looks at the whole system together, and it's different in many different contexts, but you know, if, if it's not just 
a strategic plan or it's not just a business model. It's to understand the whole context of that organization. Other conversations emerge that are interconnected with that, that are related to that. Um, and sometimes it's a little unexpected. We have had clients you know, sort of have a initial response of, whoa, you know, I thought we were doing, okay, well, great. Now we can really get to you know, what's actually going on, what's, what really is at the root cause of disengagement or um, siloing of communications or the other ways we think of an organization. Um, but we, we really stretch our, our um, people we support to, to think about health. And that opens up a lot that may not have necessarily been there at the start. And we see that as um, our own way of committing to emergence and, and how we support an organization. Amazing, thank you. Um, so I want to now focus in on you guys, your, your team here. Um, obviously, you know, you're, so, you're the so-called experts in kind of a regenerative workspace, um, but want to talk about kind of some of the maybe growing pains, um, the shifts, um, maybe some individual breakthroughs that you guys have had working as a team and kind of building out in rhythm at the same time that you're working with um, organizations. So I'm sure each of you have stuff to share and I would love to learn um, about, about that process. Where do we begin? I mean, <laughs> um, I came on board full time in January, and um, uh, like I mentioned, with the HR background, I was really interested. Of course, being married to Trey, seeing the development, the framework, and um, being in his aura—you know, how could you not learn so much about regenerative design? <laughs> um, <laughs> he's laughing. Um, but as far as the, the team dynamics, it's been amazing. I have learned so much personally. I feel like that my um, previous experience, my background was more in an extractive environment. And uh, so I had a lot of re relearning to do, and um, which I think is appropriate and is relevant for, for clients who are struggling, because I can relate for sure. Um, but as far as um, just learning, it's it's been great learning from each and every one of these people on the team. So um, the dynamic dynamic has been awesome for me. So. Our team has a lot of fun together, so we, I love that. But a couple of major shifts come up for me. Um, I come from a project and program management background in the nonprofit and really movement building space in a bunch of different contexts. And so there was always a strong urgency and like everything had to be done yesterday. And so I feel like I'm still recovering from that because in living systems, you know, everything is accomplished, but we're never in a hurry, you know? And so I'm definitely relearning how to, okay, like we can take things slow. I don't need to push deadlines and outcomes at the expense of my health and the health of our whole team. And so that's been a big learning for me as I've been with the organization for a couple of years. Um, and then a second big learning, which I don't know if this was the question, but I'm really going the direction of big learnings. <laughs> um, but really, um, I, since my role is really in product and program development and implementation, I feel like at one point I had this belief that less was more. And like, uh, you know, in the industrial system, 
everyone's encouraged to focus and hone in on one product or one program. And what I've learned is that really what we need is a biodiversity of offerings, a biodiversity of products to be able to have a resilient ecosystem. And so that's kind of been another big aha. Um, and then another thing that I love about our work is um, we often ask the question, what needs to die in order to give life to something else? And so often in organizations, things become sacred and we just do things because it's the way that we've always done them. I feel like everyone has a story about that. And it can be so frustrating, but we really have a culture at in rhythm of like, you know, if something's not working, if, if something needs to just kind of be recycled into our ecosystem, there's the freedom to do that. And so that's been it really unlocked a lot of energy for, I think, our whole team to feel like we can change, we can evolve, and we can be flexible and adaptable to do that. Yeah, I think, um, um, love to, love hearing everybody's feedback. I, I can say personally for me, uh, I've been in a C-level uh, role almost my entire career. Uh, started multiple businesses and uh, early in my career i would tell you that the majority of the effort was because i would drive it i would create it um and and i began to find some real challenges with that on my own personal health as well as uh, the health of the teams i was leading or a part of and and i began to recognize one of the other things i had to allow to die was I actually am, am more of a perfectionist than most people would know. And, and I, I, I have to give that up um, and, and recognize that in a living system, it's not about perfection. It's about process. It's about journeys. It's, a, it's about growing. It's about nurturing. And, and so I found my role, one of the most important roles that I've played in this uh, team here, is to not say anything, uh, to to keep my mouth shut, and allow th things to happen the way they're just they need to happen for everybody's growth and nurturing, versus me dictating or drawing or or even saying, well, based on my experience, we should be doing it this way. Uh, I think that gets in the way of building capacity in organizations, and so I have found that. Sometimes it's best for me to just allow things to happen. And, um, and that's been a challenge for me. Uh, it's becoming less of one, um, but it is definitely something that I've had to, to change my, my, my mental um, uh, constructs around that, my behaviors, and then roll that into practices. And I'm sure Alex, Jen, and Jeff could 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 add to that as a part of this that uh, that reflection, but that that's definitely been something that um, has been important to me as a part of this um, process. You know, it I wouldn't know be a problem if Jeff wouldn't keep screwing up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think just to add, I know Jeff's next, but just to add, I think on the flip side for us, it's like an unlearning. At least I can speak for myself. It's like an unlearning because I've inherited this kind of habit of going to like the founder or whoever for the decision making and for the setting of direction but we make in our organization the system sets the direction we all make decisions and that's like a huge relearning for me coming from organizations where that wasn't always the case 
Um, so anyway, that's kind of the flip side of <laughs> Trey Zaha. Yeah, I mean, I, I will just add to all of that. I love hearing all of that, agree with absolutely all of that. It's been my experience as well. And, and I think what's amazing about this work is that we are constantly looking into a mirror, right? So we are constantly uh, examining how we are living into our own principles as a way to be able to support others to do the same. And to Alex's point, we're recognizing that we all arrive with habits. We all have years of um, context of, of what is performance, what is accountability, what's right versus wrong, what's um, how, how we should be in work relationships with each other, yeah, how we should be a leader, how we should use experience and knowledge. And, um, and it's, it's great to continually recognize that that's never done. It, you know, it's, it is never a, um, we are now regenerative, right? Let's just cruise on the regenerative train, um, right? That if we fully accept that everything is interdependent, everything is evolving, everything is a cycle, um, you know, we have so many perceptual habits related to that. Like, I know whenever I see some diagram of a circle, I always see myself on top. <laughs> right or somehow the top of that circle is better than the bottom of the circle which is completely antithetical to the idea of a cycle right that it's all important we, we, you know you look to the top first and read it right to left always almost um as one example and so how do we continue to challenge ourselves individually ourselves as a team um to really lean into these principles um in a way that is really operational, right? We we are we are a startup company. We have payroll. We have um, growth growth projections and scaling ideas. And so you know we don't we deliberately don't want to give ourselves the sort of freedom to just think about it. Um, we're putting this to work every day with each other and everything we do and with our clients and with our community. So we haven't had the chance to go over what, um, you know, what are the regenerative principles? Like what are some of the, the terms people might be interested in learning about that you guys are implementing in, in the workspace? Just don't be a jerk is what it comes down to. <laughs> don't be a jerk to your team or family or the planet, it's, you know, but we can go into more detail if you want. <laughs> I love it. Uh, go ahead, yeah, I, I was just gonna say before we just jump straight into principles, Jenna, you know, one of the things that I think it'd be good to just talk about why, why principles, why frameworks, and, and we really see this shift at the what's antithetical or in conflict or um, in tension with principles is this idea of prescriptions, right? So we, we're shifting uh, organizational approach from, ah, I've got the silver bullet idea. If you just do it this way, it'll all work out to a principled approach that allows for that uniqueness to emerge and for the solution to be really relevant and contextually meaningful to you in that context, right? Which then puts a lot of emphasis on thinking 
and, and practicing and changing behaviors versus just adopting what somebody else did because they did all the work. Uh, it, it actually changes the whole um, experience. And actually, I feel like the latter, um, the idea of principles or the former, is it, it's capacity building. When we say holism in particular, that we're going to embrace um, a holistic approach, looking across silos and systems and, and seeing the interrelatedness. Well, most people make decisions, especially in the workplace, based on a particular problem in a silo and, and don't think about the unintended consequences of answering it in that silo. And so for us, it really is that shift. Principles is shifting from prescriptions. And, and, I, and I feel like um, that's, you know, really important uh, to, to embrace. And then we also, shifting frameworks allows for freedom. And it shifts from, you know, this, what I think is not a very good term of best practices. I mean, best practices seem to suggest that, you know, we've done all the research, we've done all the things that need to be done. This is the best way to do that. And, and again, it kind of reinforces the idea, somebody else has done all that for you, you just need to put it to work. And I think long-term capacity building and nurturing of a living system requires everyone to be learning and growing. That's not just for a few people, which gets into a core part of all of our, um, our principles, uh, like nodal, for instance. We, we, we don't see command and control as a way to best design, operate, and make decisions in an organization. We think it should be redistributed both power, decision-making, and resources, so that that can be done in a way that embraces the ingenuity and creativity of, and the uniqueness of people in multiple different um, parts of the organization. So, so anyhow, I, I just, you know, really shifting best practices and prescriptions to principles and frameworks is a way for us to be able to put principles to work. And... And I think that is how we've operationalized things is, it, you know, the framework allows us to put a frame around something so that we can support people in the actual work that's required to actually make this a part of that design. Um, and so there's my kind of setting the stage for why we approach it that way. And, and I would add to that, that the principles the word principle is used in lots of different ways, right? Um, and what our intention with it is, is it's, it's the things to keep in mind when designing, the things to keep in mind when making a decision, the things to keep in mind when operating. And those are directly taken from some key insights from living systems. Um, you know, that, that living and regeneration are synonymous. Right. If we are looking to systems that are regenerative, however we think of that word, the idea of recovery and regeneration and self-regeneration, um, only living systems have that property. And that that property itself is in fact emergent of that system. It's dependent on all the different members of that system. And that life creates conditions for life. There really is no actual separation between what we call an individual life or an individual being and its quote unquote environment. 
Um, it's an ongoing dynamic balance. Um, and, so, and that all of those systems and living systems, the greater the diversity, the greater resilience of that system. And the, our principles then, um, and I can list them for the audience and, there's, and we can see them um, on our website as well. You know, the principles of holism, interdependence, uniqueness, evolutionary, nodal and developmental are all ways to think about how we keep those insights of living systems in mind when are we are running our organizations, when we are designing our organizations. Um, and also just want to recognize that we are careful to say that these are insights from living systems. These are principles uh, garnered from those insights. Um, but it's not a, this is exactly how things work, right? Uh, you can look at a machine and take it apart and say, this is exactly how it works. This belt wraps around this, this, you know, living systems just are, they're the product of, um, you know, from a scientific perspective, you know, billions of years of evolution from a spiritual perspective, it is the product of everything related to your own um, beliefs and cosmology. The best we can do is understand um, uh, recognize patterns that are meaningful to apply to a particular situation. And so we often uh, refer to a, a Buddhist quote, which is, don't confuse the moon with the fingers pointing at the moon. So our principles, as well as others, um, are all meaningful. Our insights that we garner from living systems, as well as others, are meaningful. And the meaning is related to how we're applying them and what we're and how we are making organizations more regenerative. Um, so I'll add that to the conversation. Amazing. Well, as we uh, begin to wrap up here, I'd love to learn a little bit more of what's coming up next for Enrhythm. How do people check out Enrhythm for more information um, and to get in touch with you guys? So what's coming up next this year? And then maybe my teammates can add kind of bigger picture stuff. But if people are, um, you know, interested in learning how to put the regenerative or in Rhythms Regenerative Framework and principles to work, we have a couple of really great courses and challenges that can um, really begin to, um, you know, help you begin to shift your mindsets, beliefs, and practices. So um, those are available on our website. Uh, we have a regenerative fitness challenge, which really helps you put the principles to work in your daily life at work, in your role. We have a foundations course, which is going to be available on demand shortly, which we're really excited about. Um, and then we have a design course that's a four to six week course or really around taking you through a design process, a design journey to, um, how many times can I say the word design from start, design an idea, a project or your organization from start to finish. Um, and so we have one more this year, if anyone's interested in that, it's available on our website, but we also have a ton of stuff that's just, you can put to work yourself on your own time. We have many workbooks. One of our favorites is, um, or my favorites is the one around the information life cycle. So kind of examining your relationship to change and what needs to be recycled kind of in how you're thinking or something that you're doing. Um, so I just encourage you to browse our website. There's a lot of stuff that you can put to work right away um, for free and just explore. 
help you just begin to explore if this has sparked your curiosity. I don't know if any, anybody else wants to add anything. <laughs> yeah, um, Jenna, I would like to add for your listeners that, um, you know, in Rhythm, we want it to be a place where people can continue to learn and connect and continue the conversation about regeneration. How can this be better? How can we be better as individuals and then our communities and our organizations? So we want in Rhythm to be a place to help with that on that journey too. And we want people to learn how to spell in rhythm correctly. <laughs> it's really hard to spell. <laughs> um, we still mess it up, so it's okay. We do. That's so funny. I actually messed up writing it so many times. It's so <laughs> funny that you mentioned it. <laughs> but I mean, just, just to add to Jen's point, if anyone wants to just chat, we love connecting with people. So just Jenna can include her email in the show notes, but... Um, just feel free to reach out to connect. The only thing I add that we haven't touched on yet for, um, uh, in our time together is we've been using the word organization, uh, but we get a lot of um, energy and we do a lot of supportive work of, of networks of all sizes, regional networks. Uh, we support a number of global networks. So um, we see this work being particularly applicable to very complex networked um, structures, whether it's movement building or global networks or social franchise or traditional franchise, there's lots of ways to, um, that are particularly meaningful, we find in that network context. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to kind of reinforce what Alex said. There are a lot of resources we have available online and just for people to begin to explore uh, the different ways to see how this would be applicable to them. And we take a real open source um, approach. We want people to take and run with things and play with them and, and improve upon them and, and work them as a means to, to, to apply it to their life and apply it to their role or their organization. And so we're, we're doing all kinds of cool stuff from webinars to what we call these um, um, design sprints where we're, taking people that are subject matter experts and doing a 60 minute design sprint using the framework and a series of questions to help people begin to visualize what regeneration can look like in an operational way. And so, so they're just really cool ways every month. There's something that someone could potentially engage in that really just allows them to do it on the, in their own space uh, at their own time and kind of the do it yourself type uh, mantra and uh, but allow for the opportunity to dig deeper to to utilize us as a support if needed but but we really are as committed and passionate about people you know um, continuing to explore their own journey as it is us coming along supporting them when they see where that could be applicable so amazing well um from my perspective this you know you guys have worked with amazing teams across the globe. Um, and, you know, I think this is a very innovative thing you guys are working on. I, I think it's going to grow a lot in the next few years. And, and for the listeners, I know it might have been a little bit, um, this is probably just an introduction for you. You might have never explored this concept of regeneration in a workspace. So I encourage everyone to check out Enrhythm's website and, and connect with this team because uh, 
they are full of passion and energy and can really kind of help guide you along in whatever you're working towards. So I really appreciate you guys all coming out today and hopping on the podcast and I'm excited to keep following along and um, we'll connect more soon. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for thank joining and rhythm. Yeah, thank you. And have a good evening. Thanks for joining us on the Regenerate Podcast. If you're interested in checking out more of our content, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, you can also visit us on YouTube at Regenerate Co. You can send us an email, regenerateco at gmail.com. And if you're interested in connecting with me, Jenna, the host, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jenna Thornburg. So thanks for joining us.